0: Why do we call Jesus Lord? That's our theme this afternoon. We see a summary of the meaning of that name, Jesus is Lord, in the Heidelberg Catechism if you turn in the back of your songbooks to page 877. We looked at the name Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son. Now we look at the name Lord. We're asking the question, who is Jesus? He is Lord. Why do you call him? Question and answer 34. Why do you call him our Lord? Why do you call him our Lord? Because not with gold or silver... But with his precious blood, he has delivered and purchased us body and soul from sin and from the tyranny of the devil to be his very own. And then let's turn in our Bibles to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 11. often viewed as one of the earliest hymns of the Christian church, the Carmen Christi in verses 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 1 through 11, page 1165 in your pew Bibles, 1,165. This is the word of the Lord. Is the word of the Lord. May he build us by it and strengthen our faith. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe you know the song Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord. Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living word. We've been studying who is Jesus, which is the center of the Christian confession. Because when you know and trust in Jesus Christ, then he brings you to God. You have God as your father. And he fills you with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit as your advocate and your assurance, your comfort. Believing in Jesus who is Jesus, we have discovered he is the Savior. That's what his name means. He's the Christ, the anointed one, the son of David and the Lord of David, prophet, priest, and king. He is, as Peter confessed, the son of the living God, the only begotten son of God who shares the very same nature as God. He is eternal God as the son of God. And today we want to ask, but what is the name above every name for Jesus Christ? What is the name above every name that Paul speaks of in Philippians? When it says that God has bestowed a highly exalted Jesus Christ, verse 9, Philippians 2, verse 9, and given him the name that is above every name. What's that name? It's not a secret name. It's not a hidden name that only the spiritual elite can discover through a special knowledge. It's a clearly revealed name that we may all know revealed in Scripture. And the passage says it. What is the name above every name? That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Here it is, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the name above every name. That's the high point of the names, the titles of Jesus Christ. It's God's only begotten son, our Lord, Lord. What does that name mean for Jesus we want to see first? What does it mean for us? And what does it mean for the world? What does it mean for Jesus, for us, and for the world? You know what Lord means. When you call somebody your Lord, you're calling him your master, your owner, your ruler, your head, your king. That's what Lord means. It's the title that God the Father conferred, bestowed upon his son Jesus after Jesus fulfilled all the work that God had given him to do for our salvation. That work that he did, though being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself, emptied himself, and took the form of a servant and humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. And when he did that work for our salvation, to purchase us for God, to purchase us as his bride, that's when God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, the name Lord. And that's where he is today. He died on the cross on Good Friday. He rose from the grave. And he was highly exalted to the throne. And he's sitting at the Father's right hand today. Ruling the nations at head of the church. Jesus Christ is Lord. And that title is earned. He earned the title our Lord. Because he purchased us with his blood. Now, Jesus is our Lord by creation. He created us we're his possession by nature or by origin. But do you know what we did in the beginning? We said to Jesus, we don't want you to be our word and our Lord and our authority. We think Satan's better. We think he's smarter. He offers better candies. He's got treats for us. He's got more for us than God. And you know what we did? We turned our back on Jesus as our Lord. And we sold ourselves to Satan and asked him to be our Lord and ruler. And and Satan became our illegitimate ruler. And since that time, he's used the candy of sin to seduce us and destroy us. Since that time, we're owned by dark lords. We're ruled by lust. And it seems to give you so much, but it just destroys your relationships, destroys your soul, destroys your character. We're ruled by money, which seems to offer so much happiness, but it shrivels your soul and makes you self centered and trample on others and disregard God. Some become slaves to anger. They want their own way, and if they don't get it, they fly into a rage. And they use that, well, they're controlled by that Lord, and they use it to try to control others. Some have become slaves to alcohol. That's the thing that will make me feel just a little bit better and help me survive and thrive in this world. Some become slaves to the next fix of drugs. Some to pleasing people. If I just have everybody's approval, I'll be happy, I'll be full, I'll be satisfied. And you know what? It doesn't work. We're enslaved to illegitimate lords under the illegitimate illegitimate Lord, Satan. Because we turned our back on the true Lord, the one who created us, Jesus Christ, But God so loved us that he sent his son to us to stand in our place and to rescue us from these dark lords that rule our lives. We had so sold ourselves to sin that it required a payment for us to come back to God. Eternal punishment of body and soul. And God the Father said, My son, I want you to go down and buy them back and become their rightful Lord again. I can't bear to see them perish under these dark lords, which, remember, like the black widow spider, first seduce you and then turn around and eat you, suck your blood and eat you, destroy you. And that's how Jesus has become our Lord. He earned the title by purchasing us with his blood. Because silver and gold couldn't buy you back from Satan and above all from God's wrath. That's not nearly a big enough price because God demands eternal punishment of body and soul. That's the only thing that'll buy you back, eternal punishment of body and soul. And since even if you do that for an eternity, you can never finish paying that, it would never work if we tried to pay that price ourselves. So he sent his son to be a ransom and to buy us back. You know, right now, Vladimir Putin in Russia wants to be lord over Ukraine. Do you know how he wants to establish his lordship over Ukraine? By shooting missiles at his enemy. By shedding the blood of his enemies. By making prisoners of his enemies. But do you know how the Lord Jesus Christ has become our Lord? Not by shooting missiles. Not by shedding the blood of his enemies, but shedding his own blood for his enemies. To set prisoners free. How could you not want this Jesus to be your Lord and rescue you From all the dark lords that are sucking your blood, that are pimps abusing you and using you as an illegitimate bride. You couldn't have a better Lord than Jesus. You couldn't have a better master. He's absolutely good. And as Psalm 45 says, he desires your beauty. He's into rescuing you and making you beautiful, his beautiful bride. And giving you eternal glory. That's what this name means for Jesus. And he has done all the work to save you. And become your Lord and make you his possession and set you free from these false slaveries, these illegitimate slaveries that plague our lives. And if you want to experience that transfer of slavery, that transfer of ownership in your life from a dark Lord that's enslaving you and destroying your relationships and destroying your faith and destroying your life and your work, destroying you, and become the possession of Jesus Christ who will save you, wash you clean, make you new, bring you to God, rule your life well. If you want that transfer of ownership, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must say, Lord, I'm a slave to sin. I'm lost in guilt. Please take me. Wash me. Make me your very own. Lord. I know there are many lords in the house of lords in Britain. This name, Lord, is unique. The name above every other name. It means he's supreme and has exclusive rights over my life. That's what that means. It means no one else is allowed to have the final say in my life. This is what got the early church into so much trouble. When they would say, Jesus Christus Kyrios, Lord, Jesus Christ is Lord. And Caesar would say, oh no you don't, I am Lord. You can worship Jesus you can worship whatever God you want. You can have whatever religion you want. But supreme allegiance belongs to me, Caesar. And the emperor Domitian, the late first century, was so worried about the decline in emperor worship that he started building temples to the emperor in various parts of the empire. And he built a beautiful one in Ephesus. And he said, now every day you need to go there and offer some incense to Domitian to Caesar and say, Caesar is Lord. And you know what? John the Apostle and the Christians in Ephesus wouldn't do it. And that's why John was exiled to the island of Patmos for the word of the Lord. But the same thing is true today. If you say Jesus Christ is Lord, And you're public about that. You'll likely run into a lot of trouble. But you know that trouble is worth it. Because when somebody doesn't want you to do that. They're looking for exclusive ownership over your life. And that's why Jesus said. No one no one who is unwilling to leave father, mother, brother, sister, parents, houses and lands for my sake can be my disciple. If you're willing to let your husband have the ultimate say in your life or your wife or your parents even or your children, or your pastor, or your boss, or your prime minister, or your governor. Then you're denying that Jesus is Lord. And you're allowing that person exclusive ownership over your life. And that becomes an illegitimate Lord who will ruin you, destroy you, brothers and sisters. Jesus is Lord. And he's so good, and so awesome, and so beautiful, and so loving, and so powerful. We ought never to let go of him in order to have an easier life and belong, become the possession of some earthly lord and master. So that's what we see secondly. What does it mean for us Why do you call him our Lord? The catechism makes it very personal. Sometimes Jesus is called the Lord, like in Philippians 2. Often he's called our Lord. Nothing, you know, Romans 8, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Or Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our Lord. What that means is for us, not only that Jesus is truly objectively the Lord, but we acknowledge his ownership over our lives in glad and willing surrender. Surrender, that's what it means for us. Glad and willing surrender. Offering your life to Jesus Christ, your Savior, in glad and willing surrender. Surrender. Why? Because he's your savior. Why? Because he created you. Why? Because when you gave your life over to an illegitimate Lord, he came and bought you with his blood. He redeemed you. Why? Because he takes care of you and he loves you and he desires your beauty. That's why we offer our lives to him in glad and willing surrender. You know, investing your life in the Lord Jesus is the only safe investment to make. Every other investment is uncertain. Investment into money, companies, health, it's uncertain. It's fleeting. It can't last. But investing your life in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only investment that is absolutely secure and truly safe. And what does that look like? Glad and willing surrender. Philippians 2. Bowing your knee to him and confessing with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. Knee and tongue. Walk and talk your whole life. It's a way of speaking about your whole life. What does it mean to call Jesus our Lord, your Lord? In your whole life, your walk and your talk, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you offer your life to him and surrender. And when you fail, when you mess up, when you sin, you offer your life to him in repentance and renewed surrender, and he'll forgive you. Because he desires your beauty. He loves you. He wouldn't give his life for you. And then when you mess up, when you fail, say, I'm done with you. No. He calls you back. I'm yours. You're mine. I want you close. I want you here. I want you to walk with me. I want you to talk. For me in witness. And Jesus is not impressed when you say, Lord, Lord, but you don't mean it. Remember Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That is, if you say, Lord, Lord, and say all kinds of nice religious things, but you don't bow the knee, you don't live for him every day. It's just cheap talk. To look good, to feel good, to sound good. But you don't actually surrender your life to his word and will. You're, you're a fake. You're a fake. It's not just saying Jesus is Lord, but trusting him as your Lord. Loving him as your Lord and devoting your life to him as your owner. And gladly acknowledging yourself to be his property. I'm not my own. But I belong body and soul and life and a death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To acknowledge him as your Lord means four things. Number one, it means ownership. Ownership. Because Jesus bought you with his blood, your very own possession, body and soul, you recognize his ownership. I'm not my own. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 6 to the Corinthians. Flee from sexual immorality. Don't give your body to pornography. Don't give your body to a prostitute. Don't give your body to immorality. Why? Here's the answer. Don't you know, 1 Corinthians 6... Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God. Here, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Your body is Jesus' body, not your own. Ownership. Some are afraid to recognize Jesus as their owner, to surrender their life to Jesus as their owner. But again, I tell you, you have nothing to be afraid of because Jesus loves you and will never do anything to harm you. And when he allows evil things, bad things to happen, it's to strengthen you, purify you, and draw you closer and to bring you to glory. In that sense, nothing can bring harm to your life. He's the master who saves you and brings you to glory. It means ownership. Secondly, it means protectorship because Jesus bought you with his blood and owns you, he will protect you from all harm and deliver you from all evil. It means safety. Your life is safe with him no matter what happens because he loves you, no harm will come near your tent. Because he loves you, he will never let go of you. He will never give you up. He will never hand you over to the evil one. Remember what he said in John 10? I know my sheep. They will never perish. I give them eternal life. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. He's got you. My father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one's able to snatch them out of my father's hand. By that double grip of the father and the son and the spirit's power, he's got you. When he owns you, he protects you. You're safe. And he'll bring you all the way to glory. It means ownership. It means protectorship. It means submission. Thirdly, total surrender to his authority and government. Total surrender. Calling him my Lord means that his word is my law. Jesus said to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I tell you? That's putting it straight. You call me Lord, but you're not doing the things that, that that doesn't work. No, he says, if you call me Lord, then you hear what I say and you put it into practice. You hear and do. You're hearers of the word and doers. So, you submit your whole life to him. Your body is mine, he says. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, your body is for the Lord, not for sexual immorality. You surrender, you submit your tongue to his service. Jesus says your tongue is mine. Submit it to the Lord to do and say only what pleases him. Not to gossip, not to use obscene language, coarse joking, not to slander. You give your tongue to the Lord. You give your will and your mind to the Lord. They're his. In our culture, through social media especially, there's so much vegging and wasted time and wasted verbiage. And there's many great uses for social media, but there is so much wasted time Your mind and will of the Lord's, develop them for God's glory. Be reading the scriptures, be thinking, be reading good books, be reading good articles, be studying, be talking, holding good conversations. If you use social media for that, praise the Lord, but use it to grow. Your will and mind, your eyes, says Jesus, are mine. And so use them only to look at what pleases the Lord. And shun pornography and all indecency in film arts. Film arts is full of junk. It means submission in every part of your life. Body and soul, mind and will. And fourthly, it means service. Since the Lord has bought us and we are his, we offer our lives to serving him. People of God, the Lord owns me. The Lord owns you. And he wants us to use the life that he freely gave us to offer that life to God for his glory in the service of Jesus Christ by the Spirit's power. Are you offering your whole life to the Lord? And if you're a young boy and a young girl, I want you to think about that right now. There's so much Christian service needed in our culture. We're lacking pastors, big time. Will you give your life to that, young boys? We're lacking missionaries, big time. Missionaries, ordained missionaries and mission workers. Boys and girls, will you give your life to that? We're lacking school teachers, big time. Will you give your life to that? We're lacking skilled and diligent and hardworking tradesmen, big time. Will you really give yourself to that? We're lacking fathers who love their wives as Christ loved the church. Fathers who serve the Lord. Mothers who submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Again, it's serving the Lord. We're, we're lacking fathers who raise their children, fathers and who raise their children in the Lord. We're lacking children who obey their parents in the Lord. Again, it's all serving the Lord. We're, we're lacking employees who work hard not just to please the boss, but to please the Lord. And masters who, who are not harsh because... They have a master in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you you see, this service to the Lord Jesus Christ covers every part of your life, whether married or single, younger or old, male or female, Jew or Greek. Whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And just briefly, what does it mean for the world? Why do we call him our Lord? When we call him our Lord, we recognize that all the nations belong to him. And that he's calling everyone above the earth, on the earth, under the earth... Speaking of the whole realm of creation, think of the book of Revelation. To bow the knee before him and confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Often we interpret this to mean that when Jesus comes back, everybody's going to be forced to bow before him. Some will do that willingly because they love him, they trust him, and others do it out of hatred or anger, but they have no choice because they realize they stand before the judge. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the here and now during the millennium, during the gospel era. That every knee should bow. In the Greek it's subjunctive. And same with every tongue confess. Every tongue should confess is implied there. That this is the will and desire and command of the Father for his Son, Jesus Christ, for everybody from all nations. And in fact, this comes from Isaiah 45. These words, every knee shall bow and every should bow and every tongue should confess. From Isaiah 45, which begins with these words, turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth. And then it adds, for I am God and there's no... And there's no other. By myself I have sworn. From my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. So this means that every time we meet somebody who's not a Christian. We should be feeling. We should be thinking. God wants this person to bow the knee to Jesus Christ and confess him Lord. Lord. And he wants me to be the messenger of that good news and that call in that person's life. It's a missionary call. That calling Jesus our Lord is not simply something to be done in privacy, the privacy and the safety of our living rooms. That when I go out, it's going to get me in trouble and that's where that stops. No, no, no. It's for all the world to know and hear. And we are the messengers of that good news. Jesus is Lord. The true Lord that has come to rescue people everywhere from their illegitimate dark lords. Turn to him and be saved all you ends of the earth. Like Paul, my heart's desire is for Israel that they might be saved and I also make known to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ that they may be saved. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What this means for the world is that God wants everyone, everywhere from all nations, all creation, above, on, under the earth. That's the point. To honor him. To confess the name of his son. And be saved. And to live for his glory. And may we. Who believe in him. And confess him as our Lord. Lead the way. In that good news. Amen. Let's pray. Our father in heaven. Thank you for sending your son to purchase us with his blood and to become our new owners, our rightful owners. Our rightful owner, the good owner. And we his possession that we might declare the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Lord, your name is a great name, a name that is above every name. Help us to take hold of this name in faith and to bow the knee and to confess with the mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen.